that sound? It's nice to get a feel for how the edit's going to go. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. Today, we have fan favorite Ian Dixon on the podcast, along with this handy-dandy little sound effects machine I hooked up with my smartphone. Yes. Are you excited for that? I'm really excited about that. The sound machine? Yeah. I mean, I've only got a few sounds on. I don't even know how we're going to quite integrate a lot of those sounds I decided to pick up. We'll figure it out. I'm really into piano fills these days. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm really into that. I'm really into, like, having a little... I want that one to keep going, though. It's like... Like, like you want it to be, like, longer? It's got an emotion to it, but I can't get it from that, like, one and a half seconds. I think that emotion is, like, we're here, but now we're here now. I think that's what that is. It's mm-hmm. a transitory. It's not like this one. That's like the more you know. Yeah, that if brings someone you says there. something profound. Yeah, like fan favorite Ian Dixon often has people around him on ecstasy through no th- thought or will of his own. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thing. Oh, by the way, I mentioned ecstasy. There you go. Yeah. so i mean do we even need good content for an episode like this where we have we can just play sounds we literally just react to sounds every once in a while and also before because i don't know if i'm ever going to be able to sneak this in at all i gotta show you like a clip i've been having i've had on my uh computer forever mm-hmm. a sneaky d clip from before the this scott cast run like in a deleted episode it's just a out of context saying are you ready sneaky it's, like a, d. it's like a remnant from the first run that got yeah. deleted yeah i'm not even sure the context i just know i <laughs> clipped it and then i was like i'm gonna keep this forever yeah after scott cast there's gonna be hella bitches up in here isn't that fitting he's the id absolutely like we never really based id and the fact that he's the id to our ego and superego, mm-hmm. we've never really based that on anything he's done, but I'm unearthing all this footage and clips from Scottcast Yor, and it's... After Scottcast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. Very, very uh, sexually charged. He's expecting Scottcast to be so successful that he can, he, he can literally, like, like it, there's going to be a pool of women in his beck and call. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you say about what do you say to that? Do you think that's uh do you, do you think he he always has that kind of energy behind him and that he, I think there's always that threat that you're you're gonna get hit with the sneaky D. Yeah, sneaky. hashtag me too. Oh my god! <laughs> this just in: fan favorite Ian Dixon was forced to resign. <laughs> After what some would call a callous joke about the Me Too movement, on to comment is uh, fan X favorite Ian Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> was this did this all come too fast for you? How do you feel? Well, it was uh, it was in poor taste. I'll admit that. But uh, in context, it made sense. We were talking about Id and David being a little too sexual sometimes. That's true. Do you th- we couldn't get David for comment mm-hmm. when we tried to reach out to him just now. Well, I think it's insensitive to refer to anyone as hella bitches. <laughs> Let's review that clip again. After Scottcast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. Yeah, that's all rude, isn't it? So that was the, the root of my poor joke. 
This just in, fan favorite Ian Dixon reinstated to Scottcast Media Empire after some incredibly sympathetic and sincere thoughts. This just in, David, the Sneaky D, is now forced to resign from Scott Cast, but we still can't reach him for comment. Okay, breaking news is over. <laughs> I just wanted to use that. Do you have the email bag sound in there? I do have the email bag. And you know what else we got? What do we got? Email bag. That one's got some delay to it. Mm-hmm. But we got, yeah, we got an email bag. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> On email bag, we have t- three emails. Two from Sneaky D. Mm-hmm. And one from Master Charles, which I'm not surprised. We've been doing a lot of Master Charles talk lately. We've been pretty much summoning him up Mm -hmm. with every passing episode. Any day now. From Van Diesel Productions. Subject, please, for the love of Egypt, Sneaky D writes, please learn how to pronounce the term chirogenics correctly. It's not chirogenic. This isn't ancient Egypt. You ain't no sphenix. You finally got the pronunciation <laughs> of commute right, and now for the third episode in a row that you've mentioned the term, episode one, Best of Scott cast, and now Halloween part two, you have continued to bastardize a very beautiful, very elegantly constructed, very Greekly crafted word. Good day, sir! P.S. That Phoenix thing is a pretty cool concept, though. Glory be to Scott Cast and Searly Vandalizer. No word on his recent uh, forced resignation mm-hmm. due to his insincere comments. Need we remind people. After Scott cast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. Still no comment on that, but he is going to talk about the way I pronunci- pronunciate certain words, mm-hmm. like chirogenics. So do you have a response? Yeah, chirogenics is a field that is barely even researched. So why do we have to acquiesce to whatever term it was called before? When it was clearly spelled chirogenics, if you look at the way the word spelled, cryogenics, chirogenics, <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly spelled that way. And here's the deal: uh, in Trevor Noah has this bit. He's a South African comedian. He does the Daily Show now, but he had this bit about zebras versus zebras, mm. and he's insistent, insistent that people are wrong when they say zebras. But you know what the deal is with that? What's the deal? The word was stolen through mass language acquisition, the living language. Living language is a thing. Mm-hmm. The, any, every, within every, with every couple decades, the, the language changes slightly. Some words that were once not good words, words that were slang, say, or something like that. Something like hella bitches? Something like hella bitches. Mm-hmm. Those words used to be like nothing. They used to be sem- semantical graffiti that was used to spot hooligans. Mm-hmm. Hooligans was at once a slang term. Terms come and go. It's living language. And zebra became what it was. Not zebra, zebra. Because there's millions and millions of people saying zebra. And top people studying the zebra saying it's a zebra. People looking at it. Zoo guys being like, hey... This is a zebra. Mm-hmm. It's now zebra. And how many people are talking about chirogenics as much as I am? Not many. So I'm like got 75% market share on the term chirogenics just simply by the way I've been talking about it. Yeah, I don't think I've any, I've heard anyone else uh, pronounce it that way. So you so got the market. I, I own that word. 
And it's now I say cryogenics more than people say cryogenics. Is that how you say it? Cryogenics. Cryogenics. It sounds like a it sounds like a movie you do with a yo yo. We're gonna do some cryogenics. Yeah, yo yo. I don't know how yo yoers talk. When I was in elementary school, there's this big yo yo fad. Mm-hmm. And everyone had the coolest, everyone had yo-yos, and everyone showed off their yo-yos. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to learn a few tricks, or you were considered not a good yo-yo person. Yeah. You had to learn how to do the sleep, mm-hmm. where you just whip it down, and like the yo-yo is spinning in the bottom of the string, and then you yank it up, and it comes back up. And that was a very basic move, because it led you to doing moves like uh, the walk the dog, right. where you put it to you sleep. roll it on the, on the ground. <laughs> you put the dog to sleep. But then the dog moves, so mm-hmm. it's like a zombie dog in a way. And then you also do the like the pendulum where you bunch it up like yep. a triangle and it spins. Mm-hmm. You had to learn all those kind of moves, and I was proud to learn a few moves. And I brought my yo-yo in, and then I saw this guy. He had a yo-yo too. Mm-hmm. He had a really cool yo-yo. It, and he called it the brain. It's the brain yo-yo. And you look at it, and like there's like these things inside the yo-yo, like these little metal contraptions. And he's saying. With this yo-yo, you can sleep for twice as long, and you can do 30 times as many tricks. And they say it remembers. Yeah. Mm. I was so jealous. I wanted the brain so bad. (laughs) (laughs) How did we get here? Living language. That story culminates in something completely different these days. Mm -hmm. Brain is a slang for oral sex. Is it? Yeah. I've been listening to Eminem lately. Mm-hmm. If you get brain, you can't get smarter from it. That's what he says. That like he made he published this video where it's all new rules for rappers. Mm. If you're getting brain, you can't get smarter from it. Too many people are getting smart from getting brain. He says he's criticizing unoriginal rappers, mm. a lot of mumble rappers and stuff. He said if you're going to have a riot, it can't be quiet. It's got to be a loud riot. <laughs> Chirogenics. I guess he can't come on and feel the noise then. No. Well, I think it was fine when they did it. I think that wasn't actually their song. That was a cover, and that was the only song that was that they were popular for. I mean, it's a great song. I mean, do you ever put it on and just rock, rock the fuck out with it, like like alone, like with no no eyes upon you? Just mm. so you think you got a naval mind? Oh, try me, honey. I don't know why. It's like the most honest rock song ever. Like that's why rock people feel so free. Is be, they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like they're lazy. They're just weird doing the thing that they're doing, and the, and they just feel freedom from that, and freedom in the idea of fuck anybody who thinks otherwise. It's it's a very fundamental idea to the rock and roll lifestyle. That song, mm-hmm. and they spell come like C U M. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> does the, does the noise have a Z too? Probably. Yeah. It would be a little silly if they went for noise. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense to their brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really peter out right at the end of that song title. You start strong with cum, and you don't end with noise with a Z. Come on, Quiet Riot. That's why Riot's got to be loud nowadays. Yeah. So that was the first email. Sneaky D writes in again. Mm-hmm. Welp, never mind. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Where's he going with this? I wish we didn't just castigate him so much, apparently. Is he revoking email number one? Maybe. Looks like it might be. Actually, just listened a bit further into the pod in several, I'm talking four to five mispronunciations later, fan favorite Ian Dixon finally sets you straight. 
That's right. He's mid-pod emailing. Like, he, he can't finish. He's listening. He can't listen to us, even he, in a pod, without breaking the opportunity in. opportunity to self-correct. He's like, no, <laughs> this will not stand. <laughs> Crisis averted. Thanks, Hamtramck Avenger. You saved the day once again. Mm. Let's talk about you. Best be careful, Scott. Next time he won't go so easy on you. Dumpster justice like cryogenics. Is a dish best served cold? I like that. I did uh, kind of dub myself a Hamtramck Avenger, didn't I? You did? I sent you that uh, picture from that party. Yeah, that the, the, an excellent... You had, you had the Hamtramck Avengers mm-hmm. t-shirt on, which you can order at scottcast.us. And you had the best look for the Hamtramck Avengers. Like, if we do a movie about the Hamtramck Avengers, you mm-hmm. are definitely like Captain America and the Hamtramck Avengers. <laughs> You're like you're yeah. like that equivalent. Bronwyn helped me out with the makeup. We did like a, a silver mask with like uh, little little sausages. Yeah, kind of framing it. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was perfect. Like her little sausages were better than the sausage on the logo. She needs to tone it down next time. <laughs> Keep it <with laughs> um, brand Bronwyn. So in keeping with that theme, yeah, we went to this this party with like her old coworker, and uh, I brought a couple beers with me because it was a BYOB thing. It was a BWOB. BYOB. And partway through the party, I noticed that some of my beers are missing. And I'm like, hey. People drinking your beers? What happened to my beers? <laughs> you, yeah, and you were dressed as a Hamtramck Avenger. I see a guy, and he's got that, that Founders Solid Gold. And I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. that looks like one of my beers. And I... You told him? You confronted him? I had a serious inclination to tackle him against a, a trash receptacle. Did you, did you actually talk to him? And no. Be, oh, okay. And I'm glad I didn't. Oh. I'm glad that I was a timid... Hamtramck Avenger, because I noticed later that there was a lot of empty solid golds, and I brought three, and there was a lot more than three. Mm. So he may not have stolen my solid gold. Somebody did, but I don't know for sure who it was, so I'm glad I didn't tackle him against a trash can. That's right. That that doesn't... So you're saying that amount of evidence doesn't lead enough for prosecution in Scott Cassidy. So that's a tough thing. We gotta We gotta decide the rules for the Avengers... If you see someone running out with a tip jar, mm-hmm. free game. Instant death penalty. But uh, we don't believe in capital punishment unless you steal $7, <laughs> give or take, <laughs> in tips. In which case, it's death by tetanus for you. Yeah. But you can't judge by the beer someone's drinking, whether they've done wrong. That should be on a monument. <laughs> like, there should be a statue of you and the quote underneath. You can't judge where they got that beer from. <laughs> Mass production has labels for a reason. Mm-hmm. They all look the same. Ian Dixon. So that's my Hamtramck Avenger story that I'm a subpar Avenger. But you're good at pr- helping people pronounce things. Yeah. Uh, you know, take 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 your strengths and lean into them, is what Very I say. Good. Master Charles writes in, I find it incredibly ironic, he writes. He finds it incredibly ironic. That a man who has difficulty pronouncing words like commute and chirogenics likes to lecture the public on the proper use of ellipses. <laughs> That's what he said, LOL. Well, Master Charles, I will, I'm going to note that you have not used any ellipses in your email, so you think you're so big and bad, but you refuse to send me some ellipses my way? Because, because you know I'm right. People overuse ellipses. There's no actual good use for them. Then maybe there was 150 years ago when like Dickens was writing. Mm-hmm. Maybe he found a good use for them. Maybe it's good for 
read more dot 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 i don't know who cares but it's not good conversation it doesn't add anything to a conversation it's purely a tick on the writer's part being like hmm think 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 well i don't know think 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 it's them trying to write that they put effort into something without putting the effort in to say something Mm -hmm. it's like well i put some effort into this but not enough to put a word down because people are getting, I feel like this is a, the main problem with cell phones these days. People get too personal about it and too assumptive of other people's habits with the cell phones. Mm-hmm. They get mad. You just got to treat the text messages like you treat the, the beer cans. You, know, you don't know what the context is. You just got to take it at face value. Yeah. You can't, you can't read too much into it, can you? And that's the problem. Or else you're going to tackle someone against a dumpster who has no business being tackled. Yeah, they, they, yeah, that ellipses wasn't rude. It was just them thinking. But if nobody used ellipses, that would never happen. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. So chirogenics is not a word I can say. Mm-hmm. And people, that seems like if we published like some grand fucking gold content for the Halloween episodes. Christopher Lee, like, holy shit, people. And... We get response, Scott can't say chirogenics. I'm disappointed in the Scott Castigators. Well. A sneaky D's under review anyways for those remarks. True. What remarks were those? After Scott cast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. Yeah, those remarks. Mm-hmm. That was very insensitive of him. Mm-hmm. 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 Man should be brought to justice. Mm-hmm. So, but we have other topics <laughs> planned today. I had a dream, Ian. Yeah. I've been having a rash of dreams. Mm-hmm. All kind of related around the same topic. Most of them related around people coming in through my window. It was a dream about a man who was going around and breaking into people's houses. Mm-hmm. And he didn't break into their houses and kill them or anything. He broke into their houses and he told them what to do. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a dream you had. Yeah. <laughs> it was the most terrifying dream. He broke in. And I was trying to hide from him. And I had the Jurassic Park thought, if I don't move, he won't see me. Mm-hmm. If I don't move, he won't see me. And so I tried to stay really still. But it turns out he could see people who weren't moving. Because he was a human. Because he's human. <laughs> and he started telling me what to do. And like fast forward some years or something in servitude. Mm-hmm. This guy has an army of people who are under his beck and call. And my goal is to be the number one person in his beck and call. Mm-hmm. Top of that hierarchy. Now tell me, there's got to be some psychoanalysis. Even someone not licensed as yourself can do on that one. That one is a loaded gun. (laughs) Tear me to pieces, Ian Dixon. What was your motivation to follow his rules? It was like a given. Were there any consequences if you didn't? There was an ominous tone to the dream. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I the I, the feelings for the guy wasn't Stockholm syndrome like it wasn't feelings of warmth. Mm-hmm. It was just intimidation, and this is my life now. This is the world I'm in now. Mm-hmm. It happened. Damn it! Mm-hmm. Now what? And I, I think I think the idea was I made the best of the situation. It's yeah. like, well, if I'm going to be an eternal indentured servitude, this man, I might as well be really good at what I do. Yeah, maybe that's a. I think that's a. I wonder if that. It, uh, I'm curious about like what you were, what your day was like beforehand, before the dream. I don't remember. Because I think I can understand that, like in the perspective of how I've been feeling about the election coming up and all that. Oh. Like politics in general, really. 
Like it's all a real fucked up system and we're just kind of doing the best we can with it. So you feel like someone stormed in the house and you're just living under something. Mm -hmm. And then the only thing you can really do is be good at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Continue being the cog that you are. That's right. The system ultimately unintentionally perpetuating all the horrible things that are going on. Yeah. Possibly in some butterfly effect type way. I think my interpretation is a little bit more selfish. (laughs) I'm sure it is. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because I'm getting so famous with the dispatch Mm. and it's such a regular thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, the dispatch came in. Oh, now you're definitely doing this every Wednesday Mm -hmm. and you're definitely doing all these editing and getting this, these things so out and making like it better every week. started as this fun thing and now it's this thing you have to do. Possibly. For the man. Possibly it's for the man. I want to be the man too, though. So maybe that's what that second half of that dream's about. Like, there's this overwhelming coercive force known as the market mm-hmm. that exists and must be catered to. But you can be the person who is best catering to this force mm-hmm. and win in the end. Or maybe it's just eternal servitude. Yeah, it's probably like uh, people under the stairs where you can be the kid in the cellar or you can be the kid in the room. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what that is. <laughs> you can be the kid in the cellar or the kid in the room. That's why it's a nice deal. That's why that kid was like, shh, don't do anything. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then someday some kid comes from outside and you're like oh what is this oh there is i don't have to cater to a market there can be things is this like when my anarchist phase happens Mm -hmm. when's that happening i don't know i feel like i feel like i'm i've never had my anarchy phase yeah i feel like i should have had that when i was younger like in high school yeah putting the a's on my backpack or whatever you know had a little anarchy phase I've never had an anarchy phase. The most, the biggest, the biggest crazy phase I've had was, hmm, maybe I should listen to Democrats. <laughs> I'm still, I'm on a Super huge, crazy. I'm on a huge kick with that one. I had some thoughts. Um, Got a D with a circle around my. I had some thoughts that I'm not sure are appropriate for Scott Cast proper. I'll determine that. <laughs> the doors have swung wide open recently. Yeah. Yeah. When I got a solid grasp on the numbers that Scott Cast has. And, like, why we have the numbers. Mm -hmm. People who are listening to us want to hear us. They want to hear what we are saying. And I know it's very personal like that and very connected because there's, like, two or three people who are listening to us. (laughs) But they are listening. True. (laughs) So we should be as specific and honest as possible. This is the sincerity. People, if you're missing a few fingers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the thought I had, maybe I should preface this. Yeah, it's good to have... I don't, I mean, I don't... Well, it's good to have, you know, the premise solid. Anyone who knows anything about me knows that I am not a fan of Donald Trump. No, no. But I had a thought. You had a thought. That maybe... But not because you were getting brain. No. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that maybe he is a secret political genius. People have had this theory before, like particularly during the election. Mm-hmm. People were pointing out the things he was saying and the right ways he was saying it and the reason why he was saying it and who it was resonating with and saying, this guy's actually a genius. What were their theories about like their justification for genius? I don't, I don't, I don't think the people who are writing this were particularly fans of him. Mm-hmm. As I'm, I'm not. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that same sentiment where people aren't fans of him, but they don't want to attribute it to uh, like the dead masses bringing mm-hmm. him to bringing him to port there. Instead, they want to attribute it to, oh, he's a master manipulator, and these masses that voted for him maybe aren't such bad people, or in mm. general. I don't know what you're going for. So my thought was, and I don't know if I can, I can articulate this very well, that you look at the shit he's doing, mm-hmm. um, and it was, a, it was a specific thing he did that I can't recall now, because it seems like every time anything happens, he's like... What's the logical thing to do? What's the exact opposite of that? Mm-hmm. And then he does the exact opposite thing. I think it was um, he was repealing some like gun control legislation that like made uh, background checks more uh, more extensive. Mm-hmm. Like right after this massacre at, at the fucking uh, synagogue in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, who would do that? As I thought. Someone doubling down on their <laughs> some beliefs. crazy motherfucker. I guess, yeah. So I can't, I can't think of a logical reason why this would be the time to do that. Except if you really, really, really wanted to sow discontent into the masses, and like he said, he was going to drain the swamp, and then he he literally puts in all the most corrupt people you can find, all the people that want to do the exact opposite of what their posts are supposed to be doing. He's he's raising the system. It's he's he's going to annihilate the whole thing, and we're going to start fresh. And he will literally be the savior. I think he's we, just a, it I, was a broken system. I don't think he, I don't think he's a genius. I think I don't a, either. I, I think don't. he's a one trick pony. I don't a thing. I don't literally believe any of that. I just it was a thought I had. I think the idea. I think having the platform he had beforehand, and the homes he had beforehand, and then employing his. Employing intense polarization because mm-hmm. that's clearly on purpose. He's clearly polarizing on purpose. He chooses clearly, polarizing yes. topics to talk about. He talks in polarizing terms on purpose. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly that's clearly a decision he's made yes. in his in his mind. I'm going to be polarizing every time I talk, and so he's clearly using that as some sort of tactic. And he had a pl- certain platform that was that that was able to take to it and he did probably good research into finding out oh in a in a polarity contest where would these people line up what mm-hmm. are their bullet points let me just make them my bullet points and get to work and that's kind of what he did that's how he rose to power and now he's in power and he's thinking the only way he could do this is by imbuing these pol- pol- poles mm-hmm. kind of doubling down doubling down on them and actually doing them and watching his approval rating which is sterling with a very certain population. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little too Hitlery for me. It's galvanized. It's a galvanized at like thirty percent, which is a lot of people. Yeah, and it's why people need to vote. If if because if because thirty percent can take control of a population. True, it when is. The population doesn't vote, but oh. when the population votes, is this going to come up by Tuesday? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. It can come out tonight if we wanted to. <laughs> so the three people that listen to this. Go out and vote. <laughs> no one has it's problems very, with the three people. <laughs> it's very important, guys. That's like that's the one thing. It, it's, it is a bit preaching to the choir. Yeah. But, you know, maybe we're stupid. Hotforscottcast at gmail.com if you think we're stupid. Maybe mm-hmm. we're, I, I mean, I know I for sure am probably stupid. I don't really look into macro issues so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I spent 
maybe five minutes today reading news-related topics and about four hours looking into a video production system for ScottCast. Really? Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got a setup planned. Tell like, me all about that. Like, I want to I wanna build a live streaming setup that I can also use with the dispatch. Mm-hmm. And I can, we'll have like three, four cameras, HD. Uh, do we already have live, HD live streamer? Cameras? We do, but these are better. These are better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, it's all hardware based. So we get like little fancy switchers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we can do live Scottcast like Joe Rogan does. Why not? I say it's Scottcast. And I like I'm experimenting doing uh having a multiple jobs on Scottcast by having this this here uh sound effects board. That sounded like it was for something dastardly. It was. What's coming up next then? No, maybe the other one would be better for that. Let's talk about Sam Neill's duck. Yeah. It's, we're kind of, I think we're at that point. We're primed. We're creative. We kind of got some topics out that we needed to get out. But now we're ready to really dig into the dirt of podcasting mm-hmm. and deliver some exceptional material. So we're going to elect this duck the leader of the free world. Yeah, it's, it all starts from a tweet. Mm-hmm. Sam Neill posted a selfie on Twitter with him, the happiest I've ever seen Sam Neill, hanging out with his duck. And he says, I hereby nominate this duck as leader of the free world. Who's with me? Question mark. No ellipses. That'll be known to Master Charles. Anyway. He wasn't chain smoking at the time. He wasn't chain smoking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no cigarettes. He's been off the cigarettes for a while. And he's just hanging out with this duck. And I thought, if we can make if we can make a story out of this, mm-hmm. this idea, this premise, I feel like we can. I feel like a very potent story is in this. It's a it's a rise and fall story, is what mm-hmm. it is. Like, what would it look like to see a duck supercharged by the platform of Sam Neill mm-hmm. hit the stratosphere politically, hit the stratosphere historically, mm-hmm. become somehow leader of a united free peoples? And how would the natural foibles of a duck make him fall? from that position of grace how would he abuse his power mm. how what would be his downfall would it be his massive ego like he's sure he started off as a humble duck on the farm with sam neil and mm-hmm. his little winery i drank some wine for this podcast in honor of sam neil and his winery was it from sam neil's winery no it was from meyer <laughs> so it's unacceptable it's acceptable maybe maybe if, if i was hanging out with sam neil it would only be sam neil vineyards yeah. That I wouldn't drink. And that would be the only wine I ever like. If Sam Neill is listening to this, send us some wine. Send us some wine. <laughs> I would like to have this Scott cast uh, sponsored by Sam Neill's Winery. We'll drink it on air, talk about it. Talk about the notes. Isn't that something that wine enthusiasts enjoy? Yeah. I would love that. Notes. I, I try to like understand all that sort of stuff with whiskey. I'm not real good with wine. My dad's like a big wine guy. But you're good with whiskey. Well, good in like a little bit. I like to drink lots of different whiskeys. Okay. And pretend like I can like pick out notes. Yeah. Well, we're drinking Maker's Mark. What are your notes on Maker's Mark? Maker's Mark. Give me a, I'll give you a nose here. So just give me a second. Give me some nose. Then give us some brain. Mm-hmm. I get a little bit of wood. <laughs> kind of honey. 
not wood like sneaky D wood, like okay. uh, oak, kind of honey sweetness. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot there. It's a, <laughs> it's like kind of maple syrup and like oak. It's good. It's smooth. It's good American whiskey. Okay. So your overall five-star rating. Like, five-star is the best whiskey. Mm-hmm. What's this? It's solid three. Really? Just a three-star whiskey? That's good. That's more than half. There's better whiskeys out there. This is not, like, terrible. Not This terrible. is good. This is drinkable. We're never going to get a Maker's Mark sponsorship. I'm sorry. With this kind of talk. Three out of five stars, Maker's Three and Mark. a half. Three and a half. Not four-star, huh? What is four-star reserved for? See... What's a good four-star whiskey? I, I have a lot of, like, expansion to go. I don't know if I've had a five-star. I'm sure there's whiskeys in the world that are, like, amazing. Maybe that's just your... Maybe you're creating have, and you I also have different, like, tastes. So, like, um, at a price point, Bushmills is on par with Maker's Mark, I think. What? But that's, like, an Irish whiskey. Really? So it's, like, a whole different thing. I guess. What's different between Irish and a good American this is like a bourbon. and This is like a lot of freedom. Irish whiskeys, like, uh... It's lighter. And guilt. It's not like... The, it's like a... This is like maple syrup, kind of. Irish whiskeys, like, uh... Like biscuits and honey. Biscuits and honey versus wooden honey. Or maple syrup here. Syrup and honey. Maple. It's thicker. Maple. Thicker. More it's rustic. Woodier. It's, yeah. Whereas... It's a little heavier than the Irish stuff. Irish, which is light. It's about having a few, mm-hmm. being with your friends. Yeah. Whereas American, it's about you know, hard days work on and the frontier. You get to Scotch, and it's like what Scotch do? It's kind of a shit show. It's like <laughs> you got some that are real malty and like uh, boy, I don't know what you would see. I'm not. I'm not good with the. Uh, I wouldn't be a very good wine connoisseur either. As far as descriptions of how things taste or like mouthfeels and stuff. Mouthfeels. Yeah. I don't think we can talk about mouthfeels on a podcast. <laughs> Not with Sneaky D around. Not with Sneaky D around. We can't do that. We can't just talk mouthfeel. But I mean, you get some that are real peaty and it's like chewing on grass. And then there's some that are like real... None of this sounds appetizing. Well... This tastes like wood. This tastes like grass. <laughs> in a good this way, This tastes though. like a biscuit covered in... Covered in honey, which is like the best one you've described so far. I'll eat a biscuit covered in honey mm. if I need some sugar and I'm in some post-apocalyptic environment. Well, I've got, I'm not like, obviously not today because logistics, but next time I'll bring, uh, I got some Highland Park 12 at home. Highland Park 12. That's a good scotch. It's it's a shit show you said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as far as, like, the variety, it's... I can't explain scotch. It's an excellent shit show. Yeah. Like, Irish whiskey is a little more straightforward. It's kind of... It's... it's uh, The spectrum's not as wide. Okay. Scotch is, like... It's just from Scotland. Yeah. And what are they doing? It depends what region. It's, like, yeah. Exactly. Crazy diverse. It's just what, whatever they're doing that day. Mm-hmm. That's scotch now. So you get, like, Laphroaig, which is, like... Is there, like, a pinnacle scotch? water. <laughs> Is there, like, a pinnacle scotch? Uh, I'm sure there is. I don't know enough about scotch to tell you what it is. What's the most expensive drink you've ever had? Like like a bottle maybe you purchased, or maybe you went to a restaurant and someone gave you, like, um, this 500-year-old King Pharaoh's piss or some shit? 
It's not that that exciting, but I had some uh, Ardbeg Koryavekin. Ardbeg Koryavekin? It's like $90 a bottle. Mm-hmm. You can probably see. Mm-hmm. Like a fifth? Because uh, I've just recently discovered half gallons. Bronwyn has a friend that works at a bar and maybe <clears throat> got me a sample. Ooh. For free. What, what bar is this? <laughs> I'm not at liberty to say. You're not at liberty to say. Oh, my. This is some... That This was like a real... Mm-hmm. Your friend of the place, on the house kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. That was a... That was tasty. That was it was pretty peaty, but it was smoky too. Well, I guess smoky and peaty is often go together because it's peat smoke that peats the okay. whiskey. So it's peat smoke, peat smoky, peaty, peaty smoke, mm-hmm. peaty smoky, peaty smoky, smooth, Sm- very smooth. Yeah, very smooth. I was thinking about getting though. Have you ever had whiskey and they put in the round ice cube that takes up the whole glass? I have molds for those. Yes. Oh, I need to get them for. The dispatch because I want people to have, I want people to feel like this is very fancy. I can allow you to borrow them. Oh, you can uh, make me uh, make a couple. How I'll many make. bottles can I make with that? I've got two of them. Uh huh. So you, if it's if you're doing one on ones, I can get balls for both of you. Okay. <laughs> and like you can like just put like a ball in a Ziploc and then make a new ball, right? And like if it's all in the Probably. freezer, like we can, I can make it an assembly line approach. I can just have a bunch of balls and bags. Mm hmm. Couple balls each bag, little little sack of little sack of ball ice. <laughs> I think your freezer works in a way that you want to keep them kind of separate because otherwise they'll melt slightly and like mold together. Okay, like maybe put a maybe put a little napkin in there, like sandwich bags individually. Okay, little sandwich bags, like you you know ball sacks. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So we're talking about this duck. sam neil's duck he's starting on this beautiful vineyard with all these wines of many flavor and quality living basically the ideal life he doesn't know much besides the ideal life because he lives on a farm with sam neil and sam neil always gives him love and praise you can tell from this photograph that sam neil loves this duck more than humans yeah like there's no human sam neil loves more than that duck I'm sorry if Sam Neill has a wife and this is like news. <laughs> <laughs> but it's completely true. Like, you've seen the picture, right? Yeah. Is that irredeemably true? I don't believe that people have finite amounts of love to give. Like, oh. I'm, you look at a picture of me and Jonesy. Mm-hmm. And like... I'm like, he's capping out. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean that I don't love Bronwyn. Look at that time, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to yeah. Like like I bet you snuggle up with Bronwyn, and then you're thinking, well, this could be Jonesy. <laughs> <laughs> I do get more snuggles with Jonesy than with Bronwyn. You know, people say he, like, like people say it's it's how you spend your time and your money. That's what yeah. you care about. And Have Jonesy's we... the most expensive cat I've ever heard of. True, and he's also the most time you spend. So with that metric, you love Jonesy more than anything else in the world. <laughs> Even more than Scatcast. Did, did I tell you how he got his name? How'd you get... How, or, oh, I don't, I don't he's know the alien from Aliens. Yeah, I don't know if, if the Scottcast universe knows oh, about this. Okay, yeah. Inform. But uh, he'll wrap himself around your face. That's how much he likes to snuggle. He's a big 
face wrapper, face hugger, if you will. Face hugger. Yeah. So, yeah, we got him home, and he was, like, face hugging, and we were like, oh, my God, uh, remember when we liked that movie Aliens? And uh, <laughs> Remember before we got <laughs> cynical about Aliens? <laughs> and the cat and Alien, or Aliens, both of them, he was in both of them, mm-hmm. was Jonesy. And we were like, your fucking name is Jonesy, because you wrap around faces. That's how Jonesy got his name. It's an Alien reference. I like it. So it's a cat from Alien. The cat. The, literally the cat from Alien, yes. And, okay. Uh, the cat survives? He survives to Aliens. And in Aliens, he gets eaten. In Aliens, I believe he survives through that movie as well, and he's in a pod at the end. But in three, in part three... We discover he got eaten. Everyone who's in pods except for Ripley dies. <laughs> oh, so Jonesy dies. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even a sin. Part three. They don't even give her... Part three's garbage. Fuck that shit. I understand. <laughs> did James Cameron do the second one? James Cameron did part two, yeah. Okay. I know it was James Cameron. David I know Fincher his heart went on. Three. My favorite James Cameron movie. Mm-hmm. Dollars to Donuts. Titanic. Really? God, I love Titanic. It's so touching. They fall in love, even though they're not supposed to. And then, on the brink of death, the only thing they can think to do is be with each other. Mm-hmm. And Leo dies because she can't shift her weight on an enormous door. And then she's just like, fuck you, Leo. You're crowding my style. Sink. Yep. The only ice cube in the ocean that sank, Leonardo DiCaprio. Then, these people brought her to the Titanic to relive her experiences afterwards. And all they were looking for was this jewel. And she was about to die, and she knew it. Mm-hmm. And they let her relive the best experience of her entire life. And she repaid them. By throwing the jewel in the ocean after the submarine came back up. Mm-hmm. No more funds for here. <laughs> Guess this was a bust. Oh, okay. Now you're not going to look? I wish I had some water sound effects right now. Yeah. Some glub, glub, glubs. So that is the best movie t- James Cameron's ever done. Yeah. That's a genius movie. <laughs> the spite of humanity. I mean... Uh... It's better than Avatar. To be honest, I haven't, I have never, I still to this day have not seen Titanic. Are you shitting me? You've never seen Titanic? We gotta watch Titanic, boy. (laughs) No. We are going to watch Titanic. You know how many movies you made me watch? It sounds like she's just this bougie girl. Yeah. Pushing people into the cellar. Yeah. I'd rather watch people under the stairs. Well, yeah. (laughs) But you need to watch Titanic now. You need to complete your James Cameron catalog, at least. Yeah. yeah. Does it make you feel better that... I've the, never seen Avatar, either. Does I don't it make you to. feel better that the only reason James Cameron even did that movie was so that he had a financial reason to purchase a submarine that went to the Titanic? It feels a little better. That, that's the only reason. I know reason. that that's the thing he did, yeah. Yeah, that's the only reason he did Titanic mm-hmm. was so that... Like, he's on record. Like, he went on a press tour drinking whiskey... Being like, the only reason I did this fucking movie was because I wanted to see the Titanic myself, you know, and jiggle some handles or some shit. <laughs> I always appreciate a fellow drinking whiskey and being an asshole in front of the press. <laughs> and that's why you're on ScottCast every right. week. <laughs> that's why I like uh, Bukowski. Yeah, that's basically what he did as a career. Yeah, Wrote I, poetry, got drunk. I hear he he actually used to like go do readings and he would like his fee was just like a fifth. Talk more. Oh, whatever. <laughs> what else did you hear? Uh I don't know. You're getting some Bukowski out. Nice. What yeah. you got there? 
Unlove, Bukowski Unlove, because mm. if you want something nice and cheery. <laughs> uh, if you want to hear about pure love, go to Charles Bukowski. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, here's a good one. This uh, one's okay. called Blue Moon. Oh, Blue Moon, how I adore you. Mm-hmm. I care for you, darling. I love you. The only reason I fucked L is because you fucked Z, then I fucked R, and then you fucked N. And because you fucked N, I had to fuck Y. But I think of you constantly. I feel you. You're in my belly like a baby. Love, I'd call it. No matter what happens, I'd call it love. And so you fucked C, and then before I could move again, you fucked W. And so then I had to fuck D. But I want you to know that I love you. I think of you constantly. I don't think I've ever loved anybody like I love you. Bow wow, bow wow wow. Bow wow, bow wow wow. <laughs> the face of love, everybody. Beautiful. That's Charles Bukowski. So we got to figure out how to put Charles Bukowski in this duck movie. <laughs> Sam Neill's duck. Sam Neill's duck, I'm imagining mm-hmm. him standing, starting out as like a champion of the underdog. Mm-hmm. You know? He's with Sam Neill. Sam Neill's a poet. What hardships does a duck face in, in their, li- their, their duck life? Well, shit. Like, from the moment they're born... They're hustling. Mm-hmm. They're they're hustling, chasing after their mom, going cross roads and shit. Mm-hmm. They're hustling, getting that bread. You know, I hear that ducks bad for get them. that bread. <laughs> it probably is. I mean, like, do ducks really like people can't even have bread? Apparently, true. So now ducks bread's bad for everybody. I guess like we like it was great Herbs. while becoming a civilization mm-hmm. and needing a way to feed the masses real easily mm-hmm. without much thought so it's been great for like the people building the pyramids up but like once we develop supermarkets we should have all just stopped with the bread just vegetables or fruit like given bread to people who are actually starving yeah give the bread to the starving people you know give them the low rent food here's calories oh, calories and carbs i work for us it's bread's poor people food is what we're saying yeah. <laughs> is that what we're saying? <laughs> it's a Scott Kestig. Oh, no. <laughs> we're doing bad things today. <laughs> this just in. Scott Kestig, founder. Scott was uh, found in contempt <laughs> of the terrible issues plaguing society these days. Yeah. Quote, bread is for poor people. <laughs> How does Scott feel about this? Well, I think the allegations are completely unfounded. I think we made a very sound point here where we were relating bread as a low-nutrient-dense food that is literally easy to produce from a very singular crop that can be grown almost endlessly. It's purely economically a food that is preserved for situations where food's hard to get to. This reminds me of something someone else said. Uh, Remind me who it was. Let them eat cake. Oh, yeah, Maria Antoinette. <laughs> Let them eat cake. What happened to her again? Uh, her head got chopped off. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this just is. Scott from ScottCast got out of a hefty life insurance <laughs> program. <laughs> to make sure that his voice is carrying on forever. He has a, a t- constant team of people working on developing a software solution that mimics his voice and his thought processes mm-hmm. and and therefore pods for him an hour a week into eternity. I discovered that the longest-running energy source once humanity is kaput, like mm-hmm. imagine left-behind style, everyone just disappears tomorrow. Yeah. 
the last light? Is it going to be a street light? Is it going to be a flashlight? Is it going to be a car? Is it going to be a satellite in space? Is it going to be a windmill? It's going to be radiation from toxic waste dumps. Not surprising. Fuel rods, because they're going to glow for eternity. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm building a podcasting robot that runs off toxic waste Mm -hmm. and planting it deep in some subterranean earth and using the earth itself as a reflection device that will pod into space for eternity. Or at least as long as the earth exists. Are you saying we should build Scott Cassidy under a toxic waste dump? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a clear... <laughs> power source, right? Yeah, power source for the holy object. Mm-hmm. You you wanted a theocracy. I'm trying to make myself into a good god king, but you don't even respect it. Christopher Lee's our man. What do you need? Christopher Lee, but like we need a god king, too. We need a presence. We can't just mm-hmm. worship Christopher Lee. I hear he's running for school board or something. That's right. Yeah, he's got. The, I was in Gross Point, and right after our discussion on political signs being useless, mm-hmm. I saw a political sign that used information in that same exact pod to its advantage mm-hmm. and gained my support immediately. I've never tweeted out a political sign, but I did this time. Christopher Lee for school board. I really wish he was running for something else. <laughs> I think that's the worst position. You could have. You could have been governor, Christopher Lee. Yeah. Christopher Lee, governor of Michigan. Imagine how many heads would roll just instantly if Christopher Lee was governor of Michigan. See, I, I worry that Would you is... be okay with capital punishment if Christopher Lee was the capital decider? I would be okay with anything Christopher Lee did. I worry that this is a different Christopher Lee, since the Christopher Lee that we know and love has been dead for a year. I just don't believe it. <laughs> He survived everything else. Old age is what got him. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Doesn't make sense. He survived World War II. He won World War II. That's right. If it wasn't for Christopher Lee, we wouldn't fucking have Dracula. We, he he was Dracula. He was Rasputin. He was Saruman. He was everything. And then he just got old. Is that what you're telling me? Happens. Just got old. Yeah. There's no sound for that. Christopher Lee, we mourn you. That's appropriate. That's not why. That's what I thought. Like, what would he want on this? Yeah. He wouldn't want this. It's a little too cheerful. It's a little too sitcommy, but it's good for getting us to our next act. So we got We're Samuel's duck. Duck, yeah. Samuel's duck. So we're uh, trying to figure out this duck's backstory. What? No, we got his backstory. What he's, was the backstory? His backstory is just he's this pleasant duck that lives a life of luxury on Samuel's farm. He's pretty much like the Jonesy of ducks. Okay. And so there's got to be the instigating struggle event. or conflict. This is introduced when Sam Neal puts him up for puts him up for election. He's like, "Okay, if you want to be led by Samuel's duck, vote for Samuel's duck." Mm-hmm. And the people are clearly clamoring for it. So what I think happens in this stage mm-hmm. is they build a coalition to instigate Sam Neal's duck as re- ruler of Oral. And it's a petition that spans countries it's not just like australia or something like that it's not just america mm-hmm. but like people from all the free people well, the free world yeah are like clamoring for this duck and his power and it becomes almost a religious movement mm-hmm. and this duck who's used to li- a life of luxury and stuff you know because it grew up in a vineyard with sam neil mm-hmm. sam neil's duck is takes to it pretty well at first like he's doing the signings he's doing the speeches he's saying what they want to hear Mm-hmm. And his star is growing, but he's becoming more and more sure of himself by the day. 
Mm. You know, with all this success comes a little bit of belligerence. The ego's growing. The ego's growing. And I feel like the ego has a chance to grow to a point where it smashes. They say Sam Neill was trying to give him some bread. And then the duck said, that's for poor people. (laughs) (laughs) Knocked it out of his hand. (laughs) Then what happened? Well, Sam Neill's concerned at this point. I would be concerned, too. Like that moment of pure bliss that you see in Sam Neill's face when Sam Neill is hanging out with his duck, first thinking about, mm-hmm. oh, let's give him his position of power. He's now looking at his beloved duck like, oh my God, what is this egotistical being I've created? Mm-hmm. And he's like the first one to see it because he's right there. Yeah. And now he's worried, Sam Neill's worried that this duck is going to become some sort of tyrant leader, mm-hmm. this tyrant duck king. So it's this nature versus nurture battle. This duck is is pure by nature, and, mm-hmm. and the the adoration of the world has kind of corrupted it. Yeah, it's it's given him, it's gotten him to the point where he feels like he does nothing wrong, mm-hmm. and that there might be factions that are anti duck, mm-hmm. but he doesn't hear them. It's like an echo chamber of pure pro duck fantasy, and this duck is quickly becoming enamored with the sound of his own quack. I didn't have any quack sound effects. (laughs) Damn it. Damn it. What's wrong with me? I had the list right here. I should have got sound effects for it. So, like, he's kind of risen to this point of power. Mm -hmm. And people have formed some sort of coalition. And they magically found a way to... It's like a a theocratic power. It's like the Pope, but the Pope in the Middle Ages. Not like the Pope now. It's the Pope when the Pope went to kings and told them what to do. And mm-hmm. That's how things happen. It's the Pope when the Pope had an army and a harem. Mm-hmm. You know? And this is what this duck is. He's got a hat. He's got a harem. <laughs> and he's got a harem. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got Sam Neill, who's there, but his play voice that, is... Play that sneaky deep track again. <laughs> After Scottcast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a harem. <laughs> hella bitches in that harem. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's just Sam Neill's duck. Constantly, he used to be Sam Neill's duck, loved Sam Neill, right? Mm-hmm. He would go up to Sam Neill, sit next to Sam Neill, take selfies with Sam Neill, follow Sam Neill through the winery, mm-hmm. you know, through the vineyards as he collected grapes, quack along as he stomped in a barrel and made grape wine juice. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's made. There's no stompings involved at some point. Yeah. And that would be a good shot with the duck dancing along. So he used to be innocent. Yeah. He did what Sam Neill wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But as independence entered into his life, along with all this power and respect, mm-hmm. he found independence and the ability to command people outside of Sam Neill. It used to just be Sam Neill kind of pampered him, and so he could he kind of got a hang of commanding Sam Neill, but in an almost infantile way. And as the duck gained influence, he was able to use this infantile command on other people. And then that's where he gained his independence, not from being independent, but from being able to expand his infantile nature on a greater canvas. And that's how we got to infantile, ego-driven, king of the world, Sam Neill's duck. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I mean, we're we're risen pretty high at this point. How do we resolve he's commanding, this conundrum? He's commanding presidents. <clears throat> I feel like you've built this up into like a a psychoanalytic conundrum, and you're expecting me to put the pieces together. And I've had all this whiskey, and <laughs> <laughs> this duck's gonna get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think stage three is about to happen. <laughs> In stage three, Sam Neill's duck, the culmination of this mm-hmm. personality is delivered. Sam Neill's duck, his ego, his infantile ego, where he's making commands not for any planned reason, but for some sort of self-gratification, some mm-hmm. sort of self-aggrandizement. He, he's now pulling all the strings, and it's quickly becoming apparent that Sam Neill's duck maybe isn't the greatest leader of the free world we could have had. Damn it. And Sam Neill... Having finally gotten shut out of the duck's inner circle, needs to put a stop to this. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that understands the duck's past, understands the duck's nature, understands that the duck, Sam Neill's duck, mm-hmm. is really just a child whose whose playroom has gone too large. Mm. So Sam Neill thinks to himself, what do I do? We got the duck. Is it duck season? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't seem like it's rabbit season right now. So Samuel gets a gun and a cigarette. Mm-hmm. He's not allowed in the fortress, though, anymore. He was kicked out of the inner circle. Oh, no. So what does Samuel do? Opens fire. He blazes through the fortress. Shot after shot after shot. A lot of innocents dead. Purely radical ideologues who think the duck is worth everything. Mm-hmm. Jumping in front of the bullets, trying to protect the duck. And the duck is just sitting in its office, snorting cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Scarfing. Eventually, Samuel bursts into the office with a trail of bodies behind him. <laughs> raises his gun to shoot the duck. Pulls the trigger. Ran out of bullets. He killed everyone in the fortress, but he ran out of bullets, and the duck was spared. They get into a fist fight. The duck is snapping at Samuel's fingers. He knows he doesn't like that. <laughs> All that bread feeding. <laughs> Samuel struggling throwing him against the bookshelf throwing him against the the pond in his office he's got a little pond in his office and they're twisting and turning and Samuel's stra- strangling the duck's long neck and the, and the duck's looking dearly into Samuel's eyes mm-hmm. with a tear and Samuel slackens his grip ducky Samuel's duck you gotta stop this mad power trip and abdicate what do you think happens from here how did this get so dark? <laughs> we were we were pro duck, and then like... it's a rise and fall story. <laughs> oh man! It rose because Sam Neil loosened his grip on the duck, and it fell because Sam Neil literally tightened his grip. Although Sam Neil has his own fault too, he clearly loves this duck beyond anything mm-hmm. in the world. And so, in the throes of it, in the passion of it, can Sam Neill kill this duck if it means restoring order and freedom to the world? Or will he allow this authoritarian leadership continue purely for his I mean, there's this bond with this duck. Why can't you just... You gotta speak to the duck. The duck's infantile. He hasn't been listening for years. He's just been getting all the cake he wants. It is just a duck. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose it doesn't understand relationships on that same level. Not really. <laughs> Damn, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one. Does Sam Neill tighten his grip, or does he let it go? Because Sam Neill, at this point, 
It murdered dozens of people. <laughs> <laughs> it would be silly if he gave up his mission now, right? Do you think Sam Neill has what it takes to kill this duck? With all that personal pressure there? I mean, I, I, I don't know enough about Sam Neill as an actual person. Sam Neill, write into hotforscottcast at gmail.com. Tell me how this story ends. Yes. We'll see if, we'll see if he's listening. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Sam Neill's duck. Hashtag Sam Neill's duck. Just uh, comment on his post with his duck. With like a with the thirty five other thousand other people, yeah, looking for attention. Yeah, I loved you in Jurassic Park. Aren't ducks like dinosaurs? Check out our hour long podcast about you. Some of it's about you. <laughs> Most of it's about Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. Well, anyways, that's my notes for the evening. Yeah. Other than I'm using a different hat today. You are. Tell us about that. I'm wearing the Scott Cast hat from the store. Sabelle bought a Scott Cast hat for herself. Mm-hmm. And then for the dispatch, I went to the Detroit House of Music, which is something that Audrey Kubat's putting on. Mm. She recently purchased a house. I saw that they're doing mm. a little cleanup thing there. Yeah, 96th and 14th Street. Yeah. Right there. And I went there and helped out. I, I went in to help clean out some trash and all mm-hmm. that and put in things and and uh take some drop ceilings down and and just haul things out in general it was fun it was good mm-hmm. and i look around and i've got all this orange dust on me yeah and it turns out that orange dust is asbestos you might have cancer now <laughs> i'm probably gonna die <laughs> i put all my clothes including the scott cast hat mm-hmm in a in a plastic trash bag, and I'm going to go take it to get specially cleaned. Mm-hmm. And I woke up in the middle of that night in a complete fright. Mm-hmm. Am I dead? Am I not dead? Is that when you had the dream about the uh, come on, feel the noise guy coming through your window there? That was afterwards. Ah. That was afterwards. That was uh, a couple of days afterwards, maybe a couple of days from today. It was after our Halloween special. Mm. Um... I woke up in a fright, and I Googled it. And if you go to the mesothelioma official website, they say even a chance encounter with asbestos can kill you. Mm. But if you go to forums, people are like, one shot has such minuscule risks mm-hmm. for cancer. And you're not even going to find out for years later anyway. Yeah. So I've got a few years to get all these Scott casts I need to get out. You're probably going to be fine. Maximum. Or minimum, at least. So, if you have some ideas for the next couple of years of Scottcast programming, if you like the Sam Neill uh, st- short story we just came up with, if you think we should make that into a movie, give us a give us a write in. Be like pro Sam Neill movie, con Sam Neill movie. If you are Sam Neill and you have thoughts about that movie, whether you want to be cast in it, want to be considered for the role of Sam Neill, or if you don't think we should exploit your duck such such ways. I mean, if I understand if you don't want your duck to get exploited, but you're the one who put him up for election. True. So don't come crying, cry baby to me. Don't come cry ass at me. Yeah. I mean, the world's in such terrible shape, you you can't put somebody up for election and not expect some kind of... Accountability. Yeah. And maybe that accountability is Sam Neill. to happen. It's very possible. This is a very, turned out to be a very political episode. It was there was practically an allegory that I did not intend to exist. Sorry about that. But we made it into an allegory. No, but it's good. 
It's, yeah. it's just natural. It's just how storytelling works. We don't give a fuck what you think anymore. <laughs> Is that supposed to be sing-songing in some way? Like, were you rapping that? No. We don't give it's a fuck like what a... you think anymore. We don't give a fuck what you think anymore. We were we, we were shying away from you... that stuff for, like, a long time, and uh, well, yeah. now it's like, eh, nobody listens to this. Yeah. Forget it. Kind of. It's, like, enough people listen to it that it's worth doing, but people who listen to it, they don't promote it, the fact that they listen to it. True. And that's the key. If if you're going to have a spreading podcast, it's got to be... Am, I'm planning to wear that, that Hamtramck's Avenger shirt, like, out in public, like, frequently. Okay. Okay. You're going to let so, that happen? I'm going to I'm gonna champion the, the cast. I've been doing trickle-down podcasting mm-hmm. on the Dispatch. I've been wearing my ScottCast hat on the Dispatch videos, mm-hmm. and I've been saying, introducing myself as Scott from ScottCast. See if we get a little bit of trickle over of mm-hmm. people who might be like, you know what I like most about that songwriter Dispatch, where he has all these awesome songwriters on, and then he interjects for like maybe five <laughs> seconds? The guy who interjects for five seconds. Let's check out his podcast. Yeah. Let's hear him talk for an hour straight. Let's see what this. Let's see why he keeps himself <laughs> <laughs> to like five minutes of max on that podcast. <laughs> What's all this shit about ducks? <laughs> How can anyone talk about ducks for a half an hour? <laughs> One duck in particular. How is that possible? Because it's Sam Neill's fucking duck. That's Sam why Sam Neill's duck. He's leader of the free world, and there's a case study in humanity there. That's right. So, this is kind of the end of the Scottcast, I can feel. Seems like it. It seems like it. It seems like we're getting there. So, uh, is there anything we need to say in passing and learning? Anything? Any sound effects we haven't used yet? I don't know. What, what did we learn today? We learned uh, that Sam Neill's duck is... Po- there's, a lot of, there's a lot of power that could be had there. Mm-hmm. Storytelling power, but also political power. But it might not be worth pursuing. Uh, we didn't learn anything about ecstasy today. True. Sorry. It's okay. I mean, you you can only go out and see people so often. I mean, how many people... We did do another concert. You went to another concert? Mm-hmm. But no one was in ecstasy? Not that we could detect. It was a lot of nerds. Nerd concert. What kind of concert? Nerd concert. Was it? What kind of nerd concert? Um, we went to see... We went to see Leprous in Pontiac. The Crowfoot? Crowfoot. Yep. They were opening for... And this is where I mispronounce things. I always thought the band was Hacken. Hacken. But everybody at the show pronounced it Haken. Haken. But you didn't say Hacken until they said Haken. I never said Hacken. So there's nothing wrong. <laughs> I always thought it was Hacken. It's H-A-K-E-N. Yeah, it's definitely not Haken. So I guess it's like... Like Haken needs an extra vowel there. It needs, it needs something to modify that A. Like a I or like a Y or an I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, that band is like real fucking nerdy. Like lots of uh, math rock. Yeah, lots of like odd time signatures and synths and stuff. Is that is that your influence in the relationship? Like you bring in the math rock, you bring in that kind of stuff. The the people singing French, but also alien languages. Like between me and Bronwyn. Mm-hmm. Actually, she introduced me to Leprous. Oh. So I bring the the French weird prog rock stuff, and she brings... Uh, the math weird prog stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so you guys are like two different factions of the prog rock community coming together yeah, in one prog rock hole. Yeah, that's why we're 
such a good couple. Power couple. Prog couple. <laughs> You're very prog. You're very yeah. prog in general as a couple. Actually, uh, the lead singer of Leprous is the brother-in-law of the guy responsible for Emperor, who was like one of the original black metal dudes from Norway. Oh, the one of the guys with this, the the Norwegian prison. He, I don't believe he's ever been in prison. But he's but in that he associated scene, with yes, those people. That scene, yes. So like he would, he had some PBRs with the guys who killed people for fun. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Did you ask if it was fun for him? I didn't get to meet him. Oh. Sorry. Like if like I would have met him and then I would have asked him immediately about those situations. <laughs> like so, did you ever get a like a Facebook invite to the church burnings? What did that look like? Was it very organized? Did you get a flyer? Were there flyers? Napkins? Any written correspondence? Mm-hmm. How did they write it? Did they write it well? Was it to sell you on it? How many people didn't go to these? Is my main question. Like if these people were invited. Like, were the, were, was this crazy band like, hey, we're crazy, and we're going to publicize how crazy we are in the scene. Mm-hmm. Don't tell the cops, but hey, if you want to come to our church burning, <laughs> you know, we've got a cooler yeah, and a few extra torches. Come on down, join the party. I'm sure they It's like a little up. networking event. I'm sure they handed out flyers for all that stuff. A little death metal networking, <laughs> you know? Finger food and torches at the yep. church burning in Northgard. <laughs> 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 completely unrelated why don't we go into the uh, salt mines oh we we visited them me and Sabelle mm-hmm. we went to the check them out to see what, where the door was we didn't go in them or anything mm-hmm. like that we were just scouting it yeah we, it was on a Sunday and they're fully operational and we just gotta submit the letter mm-hmm. and then and then Scottcast itself is gonna go explore the salt mines of Detroit because when we talk about building an underground city, motherfucker, you think we're joking? That's what people don't understand about Scottcast right now and why I'm comfortable with just a couple mm-hmm. listeners. Because people don't understand Scottcast is actually going to build an underground city. And like that's when I expect people to, to get their heads turned. Like, wait, what? And then people are going to listen to the backlog. Like, how did these people get to this point? Yeah. That they're building an underground city. And their leader is a duck. It sounds like they wanted to sell some hats at first. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't seem to pick up traction, so they pivoted, and they pivoted, and they pivoted, and now the guy's got a hole. And then somehow a Starbucks got there. So I've got my superhero outfit as passive of a super Hamtramck Avenger as I am. I'm uh, I'm ready to go. That's Salt right. Lines. That's right. Are you gonna dress in the Hamtramck Avengers? Can I get up? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you're gonna, gonna we'll, we'll bring a dumpster for you. Yeah. We'll have some pictures. We have to see what kind of restrictions we might have once mm-hmm. Sabelle gets permission. I'm sure there's gonna be rules. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of want to bring microphones, like little lavaliers maybe or something like that. You've got like those uh, mm-hmm. lapel ones. Yeah. We just have to stick together so we don't trip on the wires or some shit. Yeah. And we should just record ourselves don't trip boring trip into the mines don't trip into the mine yeah that that lapel wire is not (laughs) as strong as you'd like there's not there's not going to be a dramatic scene (laughs) where we're holding on by the lapel wire it's just you're going to grab the lapel wire and it's going to snap and you're going to keep falling yeah and my lapel is going to be broken so just just be polite and fall without the lapel so i can keep my microphone near dead i i understand it's going to be sad that you're dead 
but mm. I don't need to buy another lapel microphone over it. True. There so, will be other other uh, fan favorites. No. I mean, well, maybe, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing planned. We don't have any Ian Dixon life insurance here. Yeah. So that's kind of what we learned today. We learned a lot. We didn't learn a lot. No, not much. But it was a good episode. Oh, I enjoyed so. it. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it. It's going to be great. All right. And from everybody at the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. First, does Ian have any ac- closing thoughts? I don't think so. That's a Scottcast. See you later, Scottcastigators. We bid thee adieu. Adieu. Adieu.